If you are hearing crumbs and um, maybe crunches, that is my husband. I have been wanting to have my husband on the show for a very long time. And he's never agreed, and he's still not agreeing to be on the show. But here he is with a microphone on his chest. And (laughs) we are recording from a hotel enjoying our delayed anniversary weekend. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) I guess the reason why I wanted to have him on the show is because we've had a very long but short stride. We've only been married for five. Yep. I don't know how we haven't killed each other at this point. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) But we we are here. We're making it happen. What do you think is a special sauce that keeps us going? The love for each other. You've been married before. Yeah. So this is your second go at it. Mm -hmm. And you were very reluctant about doing this again but you gave it another shot with me i felt like i couldn't trust women after my first one what when we had our first date you always tell me that when we sat we went we had our first date at bj's bar and grill and you bj's (laughs) brewery brewery god dang it and you said that you were so nervous. Yeah, when I first saw you in person, I was so nervous. I think we could barely look at each other across the table. No, you. I could look at you just fine. <laughs> okay, me. <laughs> I was acting all cool with my cool car and da 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 da. And sure enough, you know, getting to know you, you didn't care about materialistic things, which was one of that. That was one of the good things. Yeah, you and, actually uh, thought that I was going to be looking at your car and be like, oh, my God, he has, like, a Subaru STI. That's so cool. <laughs> and literally, I didn't even know what a Subaru STI was. <laughs> nope. I was like. You're totally not a car woman at all. I'm not. And I appreciate your passion for cars, but I know nothing about cars. <sighs> I think it's so cool that we're sitting here having a podcast because you are so not this person you are very private and you never want our business or anything out there and you know i'm opposite you've always known that opposites attract (laughs) that's for sure and I wanted to have the show because I think it's I first. I remember when I met you, you were so loud when you came to visit my apartment. I had to tell you, like, shh. I never this knew. This is an apartment complex. I never knew how loud so I was loud. until I married you. I don't know. I grew up in a loud household that never slept, and people were always visiting. And it wasn't weird to just have random visitors to just show up unannounced. And... <sighs> You live your life very differently, and we've shaken one another up a little bit. I've, I think we've made a perfect mold where I've had to have a little bit more dignity, <laughs> and you've had to loosen up a bit. At the end of the day, we have grown to know one another's hearts, 
And yeah. I think that's what keeps us going. We because have... I had to learn to let someone into my heart again after everything I went through. Yeah, you went through that a lot. That was tough. Single dad. You went through with, a lot. You know, just me and him for a long time. So Yeah, you and we your had to older adjust son. when we met you. So when we first started dating, you had warned me in a sense. You said, I don't know if you know, but I do have a son. You're like, how do you feel about that? Do you remember what I said to you? I I remember because it was a big deal to me. I said, I don't mind that you have a son. It just depends the type of father that you are. Yeah. And when I learned that you were a very good father, it made me love you so much more. And I think that is what solidified our relationship and made me want to legitimately marry you. You've, you fought a lot for your just, son. I wasn't just going to bring anybody into his life. No. That's the kind I, of dad I was. He's a good boy. You're doing a good job. And so is his mom. She's doing a good job with him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be on the same page when you're... Co-parenting. It's very important for the child's upbringing to, you know, have his mom and dad, even though we live in separate households, to be on the same page. The discipline needs to stay the same, you know. Because at the end of the day, he can't be going to someone's house trying to get away with something he wants to. But I don't even think that we hit the surface yet with the testing that we're going to get from him and from our other kids. He'll be 12 and definitely going through a change. Yeah, we're going through a change for sure. We're feeling it, huh? Mm-hmm. There's a change <laughs> happening I right now. I hear from his mom. I hear it from. Mm-hmm. We're we're I starting to enter the preteen stage. I, I think a lot of people can relate with that preteen stage. You're starting to just kind of feel certain changes in them. They're starting to get a little sneaky. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get um, feel more comfortable lying My to you. Don't trust your kids at night. <laughs> Take away all their controllers because I swear they will get up and we, play games while yeah, you sleep. we take controllers away at night. We sleep with yeah, we sleep with Xbox controllers Maybe at our bedside. A little bedside. different in my house, but it's a little different. That's how it goes. I I was telling Roger tonight that it's very normal. I used to steal my dad's phone, and I used to play Snake on his Nokia phone till like four in the morning. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what it is? What snake is? <laughs> it's the it's the game where you have like the little bar eats the apple and you get longer and longer no, and longer yeah. the more apples you get eat. Oh man, Must I was be an when addict. Games first came out on cell phones. <laughs> when Dude, was you, when did you get game. your first cell phone? I had a pager. And then who did you send your pager codes to? Huh? What was her name? What was her name? Seven two three one four oh eight two three one four three. Was that thinking of you? Yeah. And then one four three. I love you, or I like you, or whatever the hell I was saying when I was hella young. But you had a pager. But one. That was pretty cool, man. I was like 
You know, the pager world, you had to be pretty, uh, how you say it? Kind of like it. It kind of reminds you of like the little prison notes. You know, you had what? You had little codes. You're spelling out with numbers. Prison. The kids these days wouldn't even know what the hell is going on. <laughs> like 773 or whatever the hell it was. It was like me. Some weird thing like that. I don't okay, know. We used how... to be able to spell sentences <laughs> and freaking even. numbers. It is like prison. Okay. Nobody so, knew. So. Well, actually. But... Okay. You had a pager. What color was it? Was I it had green, organdy, or blue? I had a blue one with a little chain. Was on it there. clear? Like the a blue, blue clear? clear? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pager store. Those are so good. It was hella small. First Motorola? Was, Motorola I don't pager? It was a, I had a bigger one and then I went to the little mini ones. And so the deal with pagers was you would get the code and if you had got a phone number, you would have get, had to get like to 1 800 collect, call the number. Yeah, like just if pay, I was in trouble, my mom would page her, her phone number. It's so crazy. Did you just page me? I just got a page from this number. So I never, so long. I never like legitimately had my own pager, but my mom had a pager and she would let me have the pager once in a while. Your sister had a pager? No. Marlene did, yeah. My yeah. older sister did. And so I never legitimately had a pager, but my mom sometimes let me borrow her pager. And the coolness I felt when that clip hit my jean pocket. Yeah, I had the little chain I, I to it. It was like I was a different person. You used to have the wall with the chain. <laughs> I had the pager with the damn chain. It was uh, the coolest oh, thing in the God. world. But I had, uh, let's see, after that, cell phone-wise, I think it was a Motorola flip phone. You know what I called yesterday? So I slept at my mom's house, right? You know what I called? Hmm. From her landline house phone, hmm. popcorn. Do you remember still, popcorn? Still the, the, it doesn't exist. Still I tried. the time thing? I tried because I was like, what time is it? But Zachary was laying on me and I couldn't get up. Oh, but I had, the landline was right by the me. The first three numbers so and like, then one, two, three, four, something like that. What was it's it? It's P-O-P-C-O-R-N. You, you literally oh, yeah. dial popcorn. I think C-O-R-N is one, two, three, four, isn't it? But I dialed it and it was like, eh number i'm like oh there's no more popcorn wasn't it the weather or something too no it was the it was just time. The time and date there's times everywhere now you don't need that <laughs> but I you don't need that little I... lady telling you the time anymore <laughs> it was funny because i was on instagram on a page something about the 80s and it was just even though i was born in 81 i still went through the 80s pretty remembering a lot having a walkman and the freaking tvs mm -hmm. you know the the A and B switches for oh my god. A and B switch for what? That's how you your two different cable systems. Oh. B had certain channels, A had certain channels, and then that was it. See, you always try to tell me millennial, millennial, but you're literally a millennial. From the beginning of it. Yeah, you try to tell X? me I'm a millennial and I'm like, dude, you're literally a millennial too. You're so you're millennial. I guess eighty one like... is still a millennial. What's interesting is that Roger is about six and a half or seven years older than me. Yeah, six and a half. But my sister, my oldest sister, is six years older than me. So a lot of things that you remember, I also feel like I lived through because I was the youngest of three that 
were living through Naked on the Block and like Salt and Peppa and all yeah, of that stuff. And so I literally lived through the colored sunglasses, the baggy clothes, the neon breakers, the Reebok like pumps. Yeah, all of that. that was, I lived that through all of that, and me. I feel like I I am such an '80s kid. I was doing the Tootsie Roll at like seven years old. <laughs> You know, every time I think about it, I know you say, like, oh, my God, I cherish my Jordan 4 so much. Because in elementary school, all I could get was the fake ones. And trying to, you know, they got pickway shoes and Payless on the east side San Jose. And it's all my parents can afford. So I had, like, the wannabe Jordans, like the shacks they have now. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to school and be like, what the hell are those? I was like, oh, it's the new ones. You know, you try to, Yeah, well. Aww. They make me run fast. Blah Aww. blah blah. So now that I got the basically like limited edition. Yeah, Jordan Roger ended now. up getting the Jordans that he like dreamed of having. Yeah, I still haven't worn them in, in the case. Just no, the they're garage. like your cherished little possession. That's okay. Well, no, it's one of those. Uh, I don't know, just something you never had as a kid. Down to your kids. No, I gotta wear them sometime. No. So Roger and I are celebrating our five-year anniversary, and we're in bodega. A month right later. Now. Yeah, a month later because okay. unfortunately my grandma passed away, and we had to push it out a little bit. But we are here, and we got the best time. Oh, this place is awesome, man! It's been so cool. We're in like what feels like a studio apartment right now. We spent like three hours in the jacuzzi. It was so cool. It's an infinity pool jacuzzi. It's right by the ocean. We have a fire going on at the fireplace in our room. We're just drinking wine. We had so many cocktails, but I don't even feel like drunk or anything. No. I feel good. I think we're, we're doing great. It's been awesome. I'm so happy that we finally get some alone time. So the last time Roger and I had any alone time has been literally since our honeymoon weekend. We spent one night in Santana Row in San Jose. We had a few months old. Yeah. We had a dinner. Yeah, yeah. For our anniversary when so he's gonna be two. So like maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. Yeah. Pretty long. But overnight, overnight it hasn't been since our honeymoon when Alex wasn't even two years old yet. I want to know, how do you couples do it? How do you find the time? How do we escape? They have to have people or sitter or what, something. How come we can never figure it out? Work-life balance is crazy. It is. It's really hard. Everything is fast-paced. Commuting life really sucks. So five years. Sacrifice. We've been married for five years. What can you say is the number one thing that you've learned about marriage. I think the number one thing is uh, patience. Uh, Even though you argue as a couple and stuff, you have to kind of... Compromise. Yeah, you got to compromise. You grow and learn new things, you know, as marriage goes on, that's for sure. I don't think you ever stop learning anything. I think you're always learning about your partner all the time. I I personally think that if I wasn't married to you, I wouldn't have grown as far as a person. No, I don't, because you've, you know, the band thing and all that stuff that you used to go through and party and this, this, and that. Like, you know, I know what I was looking for. I was a dad. 
wasn't going to bring around random girls around my son. And my head's already in the you know, mentality of being married and this, this, and that. I was already used to settling down, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want to just, you know, be that playboy or whatever it is. I, in the beginning, I kind of had to prove I, it to you. Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to work or not. Because in the beginning, it was like, you know, you just went through a death with one of your best friends, like little brother, like kind of like a little brother to you. And that was pretty traumatic. So I got to live through the grief. Yeah, a lot of grieving yeah. back and forth. And I warned you. You did. <clears throat> but I don't know if I'm emotionally stable today or anything right now. But you know what? We got through it. And then I know you couldn't make banana bread. So you've come a long way. <laughs> It's not true. You had a flat banana bread because you didn't put the stuff to make it rise. No, you're, you know, you said this in our but vows you and it pisses me off. The long, you've you come a long way. You seem like I cannot cook or bake and I'm a, in the do beginning. I not cook you good dinners? Now you've, you've come a long way now. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, everything's good. Okay. But, but beginning, you know. Okay, what happened was, I don't know what the hell was in my mind or what. I forgot the freaking flour in the banana bread. And he was, like, literally contemplating marrying me at that point. Basically, that was like, great. a pan Literally eating fast food flour. every day. <laughs> also, I was in your apartment. And I was, like, trying to impress you. And I was nervous when I would make things. It was out of, like, my... I was at, I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't used to your oven and your things and your this. And I'm just trying to impress you at that point. But I, when we met, I truly felt like it was a perfect timing for us. It was really hard for us to. Well, truly... you wouldn't talk to me at first. Well, you have you you really then as soon as I saw you long time, but I just thought you were you a groupy this... weirdo freak. <laughs> and then yeah, you probably thought, but anyways. No, because I was in a band. For what seven years, there was always guys being like, "Hey," messaging me. So I would just respond with like, "Cool, yeah, see you at the next gig." And that's exactly how I, yeah, that's how I treated you. That's what you said to me. Yeah, because I was all about being going to freaking Hollister. You didn't go all the way from, but you did always come back and try to be like, "Hey." You know, I did, but do I you think... know my dad. <laughs> oh God! It's uh, whatever is meant to be is meant to be. It's just weird how here I post a picture and you know find out you're you liked it, but before that I was like, oh, but the beginning was she's good. on Tinder. Must not be seeing anybody. Can you not say I was on Tinder? Because till this day I have a hard time. Who admitting put you that. on Tinder? Then? I lied to you and I told you. Oh, I didn't even know I was on Tinder. My yeah. friend signed me up, but I was lying. I signed myself up. Swipe right or left? <laughs> I didn't know who was going to swipe right, but clearly Crazy you did. But the Crazy truth, But the truth behind that was I had deleted the app, but not... I had deleted the app, like, on my phone, but I had not deleted, deleted yeah. my account. Yeah, thing, yeah, the account. So when you had said that, like, you had messaged me and stuff, I had to, like, re-download the whole app to even know that that was even existing. Yeah. I thought that if I de deleted the app that I was actually deleting my account. But then I was like, for some reason, when you told me, oh, I had seen you on Tinder, I got embarrassed of that. So I pretended and I said, oh, my friend made it for me. 
we had a hard time in the beginning. Why do you think that was? Well, I think you're just getting off your like wild side, and then I was, you know, settled down. So I think we were very protective of one another's. You know, and, and I was pride. still kind of a lot of trauma from my last divorce. Um, you know, I don't think I would let you fully in. Sometimes I was very protective. Yeah, you were pretty of, hard. Uh, I just, it was hard for me to trust anything after you that. You were pretty crap. hard, and I was pretty protective over myself and my own heart. Yeah. So we clashed a lot. I think, honestly, our toughest years were our first and into our second year. Yeah. Like, yeah, how we made right. it through those first and second years was purely off of, like, pure attraction a lot and of love things, of one another. A lot of things change when you move in together with your significant other because there's habits and things like that that you might not like that you're used to that you don't believe in what well, was take... like one of the things that you were like oh god and now i'm living with the woman with the hair <laughs> no i think to truly find out if you guys work or not is getting past you know living together i think is a big one so would you recommend people to live with one another before they get married yeah, I mean, I, I probably would, or you just take that risk, and you just never know. Either, it's hard. Either you work through would it. Would you or... say that it's safe to be able to start a relationship and marriage in your 20s? No. Me neither. I already tried that. <laughs> I was engaged. I don't think I would have ever worked out with anyone with, if I started I in my 20s. I was engaged Blake's mom when I was 21. About two years later, we're already calling it quits. I think the big thing that people misunderstand about you is that you look very tough and hardcore on the outside. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you worked for Brinks. You worked for, what What? What would you say the definition of that company is? A... Mm, well... This is considered armored transportation. Armored transportation. Ten years was a law enforcement firearms instructor. And besides all that, you know, I was one of the area trainers, basically. You know, and when I first started that place, I don't think I was mentally ready. I was like, oh, shit, the hell did I get myself into? But, man, I'll never forget what my boss told me when I was interviewed. You know, what? she was like, can you handle your partner dying right in front of you? Was, but didn't a scary situation happen with that? Yeah, I mean, one friend who used to work in the Oakland branch passed away. Um, taking over his route was pretty, uh, it was weird. And he like, was like an accomplice to a like... No, he wasn't an accomplice. He was the victim of oh, okay. his own partners. Getting, but, robbing, uh, robbing money and all of that, right? Yeah. My mind, my mentality, you know, you... You know, you can't show fear out there. You can't, you know, you're carrying, you you're carrying your something that, yeah, you're carrying something that everybody wants mm -hmm. and is willing to kill you. Money. So, yeah. You know, after going through that, and I think it kind of changed me. When, you know, with the when Roger divorce. and I first started dating, because I have a very um, keen sense of, I can tell who someone is as soon as I meet them. And when I first first met you i thought what the hell is wrong with this guy you were bugging out i don't know i just kept dating you but 
I started to learn about you and knew about your armored truck past and you were someone that was trained to always look at your out your over your shoulder you always have to know the entrance and the exit in every room that you're pretty much in until you feel then you'll feel more comfortable in that setting yeah i've worked i've worked in some i don't know man almost like every town every city that i've worked in i've worked in like every bad part of it it's just it's so crazy sometimes you have to be prepared to take someone's life and that's where my mind was in order to come home to my family that's how you have to be it's it's that thing either you do it or they take you and that's it well that's an interesting topic because you were training other people to learn how to shoot how to hold a gun how to have a gun how to have a gun on them yeah, and i grew up with and... no guns around me ever yeah. in my whole entire life remember and... when i put my vest on you had the gun in your hand oh, and everything and I... for the first time it was so I weird was like, you thought you were so cool i though. thought it was so cool because <laughs> we were just dating but at the end of the day but i wasn't in that line of work no me more actually being with you I didn't let you clean your gun or anything when we no, were home. And I actually had to ask advice to uh, from a cousin that was a you know a lieutenant. How do you handle a gun with your children? Because he obviously comes <sighs> home with a gun every day. We have a gun in the home. Am I yeah. com? Do you think I'm comfortable with it? Mm, no. 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 <laughs> I'm still not, here's, here's but I, wa- I want to pe- be more comfortable with it. Yeah, here's the thing with like, you know, I may talk about this because some people are very anti um, against the NRA and stuff like that. But, you know, after being an NRA, NRA law enforcement instructor or being trained and all that, they actually do really things that they give you to have your kids learn gun safety and this this and that which you are a very small percentage of who watches the videos who listens to the videos who respects the education behind it who truly takes it seriously so that's why i think you and i have always butted head when when it comes to talking about firearms and them being around children and things like that is because i know that you are responsible when it comes to the firearms but I think you're such a small percentage of the type of person that carries firearms. Not majority mm. of the people that carry firearms are not like you. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't always. You know, aware. I don't always think about like I don't look at a gun as like, oh my god, this is you know the weapon to take someone's life. You know, there's there's the sporting aspect of it. You know, the mechanical. The but can it's, you imagine someone from the Middle East being like, ha ha ha, we shoot for fun. Americans are yeah we shoot for fun basically unless it's like hunting or whatever I mean yeah that's that's very interesting because as our kids get older remember those commercials when we were younger and the kids were like you want to see my gun or remember that do you remember those commercials this is your brain this is your brain on drugs <laughs> yeah, with the fried egg exactly. that's a good one I think people need to watch that more a fried egg, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> I remember that one. Have talked to Blake, our, I mean, our oldest son, about we have a gun. Because he's old enough. He's going to be 12 to know. But 
So I had a conversation with him where I told him, if your friend has a firearm and says like, it's so cool, you should try it or something like that, you just say no. You did give me a machete. <laughs> Not a machete. Nothing. What is it? It's like a big old Rambo knife or something. Yeah, just in case anyone tries to fuck with me, I'm going to kill him. Oh my god, babe. It's true. Yeah. That's that's right what I do. feel comfortable with. Yeah, you're right to do it once they step foot in your house. Let's do it. So let's get off the killing rampage conversation. Yeah. Let's wrap it up because literally Roger's sitting here with his eyes closed. What advice can we give to a couple five years into their marriage? Because that's all the advice we can give. Learn to communicate how you feel because I I feel like if you don't with my wife, if she just is going through something, being quiet, this, this, and that, it bothers the hell out of me. And, you know, I won't be content until I get her, get it out of her. You know, don't ignore your partner. You don't know what they're feeling, so you should always ask, you know, what's bothering you. And we have open communication. We have grown so much individually because of us being together. I, I learned think- how to be, I feel like, you know, a better dad person you're stronger you're just you're different you way you get me way more like involved with the kids even if it's like you make sure that you know they don't go to bed without saying anything to me even if you know it's Burn a so fight. different I'm like, say goodnight to daddy uh, yeah <laughs> go now <laughs> i'm like He's going to say goodnight to you no matter I what don't care it's not the kids fault so you have to yeah no we're really good about respecting one another's place as far as a parent in our children's life. No matter if we're like upset with one another, it doesn't matter. We are still the most influential people in our children's lives. We're come through a discovery stage where we can say, I get you. I hear you. I understand you. I want to do better. You want to do better for me. We want to be together forever. So whatever we're doing that could upset one another or make us feel indifferent. I want to know about it and I want to try to change it so that we can both live happier lives. Mm -hmm. Can't be stubborn. You have to go at everything with an an open heart because you don't know what your partner, significant other, friend, whichever is going through that day. Yeah. You have been very supportive of me some mornings I wake up and I cry. I realize I don't have a grandma anymore and it's sad. <laughs> and you just say, I'm sorry, or I yeah. I know how you're feeling and I, this sucks and just sucks. And you don't sugarcoat anything <coughs> and you just say, you know, it's going to hit you. Sometimes it's going to hit you here. It's going to hit you yeah, there. And I you let me my have grandma. my moments where I just cry. And I think that's... For me, all I need, I just need my little moments. And for you, I think what you need is for me to be able to just talk to you right away because you kind of need an explanation right away. And that's been a challenge for me because I always need, I need like a minute to digest and you're like, we need to talk about it right now. We need to talk about it and solve it this second. Yeah, I don't like things lingering. I'm one of those like And I'm like, hold on. If you said if I talk to you in that moment, I'm going to say something that I regret. So I need you to just like let me be you for do. a second. You do. You have to walk away. 
You have to let me be for a second or else it's going to be worse. So the advice that I would give someone five years in is to hear what your partner is saying, to try to understand and to compromise. If you're wanting to, it is hard to just live with a roommate. Imagine being married to someone where you have to like think as one, raise children as one, pay bills as one. It's so much harder than just being a roommate. Living with a roommate is even hard, but being married and living with someone is even harder. So if you are... <laughs> I haven't barely lived with each other for a year, and then all of a sudden we have a kid. That's hard. Yeah, that's my fault. We went, <laughs> we went straight into it. We went so, straight into it. The we had a lot of craziness. Strong. The love was too strong. Compromise is everything. Com communication is everything. If you want to make it work, you will make it work. Put in an effort. You're literally chewing into the microphone. I can only imagine how the listeners are going to be like, this is disgusting. Maybe Brownie Brill would become a sponsor. <laughs> so we're going to let you guys go on that note. I have been dying to get Roger on the show. So I want to thank you, my loving husband, for being on the show with me. Thank you, Brownie Brittle, for being our sponsor. Dega Bay for giving us these homemade chocolates and wine. We hope that you sponsor us again. Thank you for being on the show, babe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Until next time. Ciao, Bella.